I can't believe I've got a new job tomorrow and it isn't in a school. <laughs> it's the weirdest feeling. Hi lovely people, welcome to the diary of an ex-teacher navigating the world of well-being. I'm Ashley, known on social media as Mindful Miss Green, and in this podcast I'll share my experiences of leaving teaching after 14 years and how I'm now navigating my new career in the world of well-being. Every episode I'll share some tips on improving your well-being through positive psychology, science and coaching and I'll basically have a blather about the constant journey of trying to be well in a world where there's so much to grapple with. We all want to flourish, so let's do it together. So in you come and let's have a wee chat. Hello, hello. It's so nice to come and chat to you all again. I know that many people listening are teachers and some of them want to move into being an ex-teacher like me. Um, But I do think that it's a really important thing to acknowledge and talk about in this episode specifically, teacher well-being. Now anyone that knows me knows that teacher well-being is something that's really close to my heart. Not only because I was a teacher for 14 years myself, but you know, that it never leaves you really, I suppose. But also my master's research was into thriving teachers, teachers in the UAE that self-reported as to be thriving within their career. And what I wanted to know was what makes a teacher thrive so that that might help the rest of us who didn't feel like we were thriving. So it's actually a really interesting piece of research. It was a small sample group and did like an hour interview with each teacher that took part and obviously if you know anything about the kind of qualitative data and then you have to transcribe it all and pick out the themes and stuff so that's what I did and there was four like master themes that came out about uh, for these teachers that said they were thriving. Um, I've done a couple of posts about this on social media if you want to check them out but basically there was some really lovely information about teachers that said that they felt that they were thriving had these four main uh, master themes they talked about it one was they had kind of intrinsic commonalities for example they understood that well-being was important they put a value on self-care also these teachers talked a lot about the value of relationships interpersonal relationships in the workplace and outside the workplace that supported their well-being one that I really found interesting was the effects of leadership the teachers talked about how they had leaders that empowered them that they felt seen that the leaders that they had were open and approachable and the fourth kind of major theme master theme that came out was the learning environment these teachers felt psychologically safe they felt trusted as professionals to do their job so it was all really lovely information now I never actually ended up publishing the paper in the end because I took two weeks of a spring break to finish the dissertation and really spend time you know fixing it all, editing it all, doing all that stuff before you send it off to your supervisor and do the final submission. And then when we went back to school, it was the first time that we all went to distance learning because of the pandemic and everything. So um, life kind of changed drastically for all of us. And then eventually I did submit it to a journal to be published but there was going to have to be quite a lot of edits which I was willing to do it would need to have some more candidates who um, participation sorry some more participants who 
um, wanted to self-report as thriving through the pandemic as a professional. Um, so we started to have a look at that, but then unfortunately my lovely little granny passed away and it just wasn't the right time. So I often like to just share some of the data from the initial research because it was really interesting and obviously to me but <laughs> I think it's really valuable for other people that are in leadership or want to know lessons from thriving teachers like I say I wanted to know what made those teachers thrive because I didn't really feel like I was completely thriving myself and I wanted to learn some lessons from them so that's something um, to kind of think about when you're considering teacher well-being but now because it's back to school time we've got people like we talked about before from the UAE they've been in for inset week now and the children will be back uh, well if you're listening to this on the Sunday they'll be back on the Monday and I know that a lot of my friends in Scotland that are teachers they've went back already the kids are back and I know that England and the US different places across the world everyone's starting to go back so it's definitely that back to school time of the year so perhaps it is a nice time to share some back-to-school teacher well-being tips that can help you throughout the year. Because after the summer, I know that many teachers, we all get in that kind of false sense of security of feeling rested and feeling well and refreshed and ready to go. And there is a lot of excitement around the new year ahead, you know. And I remember myself, um, like the week before the kids would come back, really you put your heart and soul into getting your classroom ready to get you to meet with your team to do all these things and the, the pace starts to ramp up and then sometimes on a Sunday night you can't really sleep properly before the kids all come back on the first day and then you all have a lovely first day together so it's just it's the same kind of thing that happens each year and you always say to yourself this year is going to be really good because x y and z you know you decide what you want this year to look like and there's often many new initiatives and exciting things happening. But one thing that I really want to recommend and promote and push is for the beginning of this school year, and even if you've already been back a week or two, just take some time to like really do this. The first thing I would recommend is just set your intention for the academic year. Now, I know that many people listening aren't, in fact, teachers or don't work in education, which is nice. I get people that just sign in to listen to the kind of well-being tips which can be adapted for your context and your industry um, so you can think about this as well and it's just set your intention for the year now I posted about this a couple of weeks ago and I had lots of nice messages from people saying oh this is a good idea I'm definitely going to do this and if you were one of those people I want you to think back and be like have I stuck to that already <laughs> because you might have slipped one or two times you might have really kept that in the forefront of your mind but it's a good thing to do and just check in with now and again so when I say set your intention for the year what I mean is give yourself an overall intention that you're going to think about and stick to for example I will prioritize my well-being this year or if it's something else that you know has maybe impacted your well-being detrimentally before like um, maybe not taking a break every day because we all know sometimes you have to deal with a situation with the children or you end up eating your lunch at your desk or different things like that so think about that could be your intention I will take a proper break each day in school you know it could be something whatever you feel like would really impact your well-being in a positive way 
And once you've got your intention, write it down somewhere or, you know, if you're creative, make a little piece of art that shows this intention, whatever it is, and put it somewhere you can see it every day, whether it's on a small frame on your desk, whether it's on your pin board in front of your face every day, whether it's on a post-it that you stick on your screen so that when you open your laptop, it's the first thing you see. Whatever it is, remember that intention and hold it dear because we know how hectic and busy things can get in school and very often you put yourself last at the bottom of the to-do list you know when you've got thinking about caring for yourself and time that you need to decompress and everything so have your intentions set and make sure it's something that you see every day and you can update this as often as you like but I do think it's nice to have one kind of statement that you think about frequently So that's my very first teacher wellbeing tip for the year ahead. Also, there's other things you can do at the kind of initial stages at the beginning of the year. While you're feeling fresh and well and, you know, ready to go, is take the time out to think about the coming year. You'll probably already know when holidays are. (laughs) It's like, because people often plan when they're going to be going away or expats are going to visit family. You know when the holidays and things are. You know when the half terms are, you know when things are happening throughout the school, such as specific events like maybe your school celebrate mental health day, you might think about um, international day, all of these things should be somewhere that you know, um, like the, the coming dates. But something that we don't often do as teachers and often in other industries too, is really block time, set time for your own wellbeing time. Now, you know that, for example, you might have a team meeting every Monday at three o'clock and that's kind of more or less set in stone. And very rarely would you miss that or would you say that you couldn't make it? You know, there's things that are just set in. Other things that you might have is your specialist times. For example, if you have a specialist PE teacher coming in on your timetable, you know that that's the time that you might A, eventually get a cup of tea, B, you might sit and be able to catch up on some marking, whatever it is, but that's pretty much set week to week when those lessons will be. But what we don't do often enough really is set our own blocked time. Now it's more difficult obviously to do this during the day um, when you're working in a school or the office or whatever, but you will think about things that you want to get done you know you might think I want to go to a gym class I want to um you know whatever it might be we'll talk about that in a little second but when I was thinking about the intention initially if your intention is I will take a break every day have a set amount of time that is just non-negotiable it's not touchable you remove yourself from the classroom you take yourself off to the staff room if you have one or if you've got an outside space there's definitely something that you can do each day that that could also be looked at as your well-being time but when I was thinking about this tip I was thinking about um you know work for me used to often spill into evenings and weekends and that would be because some of the time I would be too tired straight after school to really do something effectively and to the best of my ability so then I would go home have a break you know something to eat and then pick up again at night time and then sometimes I would just we initially uh, not initially last year in the UAE we had a half day on Friday which was a new thing that started over the region and 
it would have been a great time to, you know, have a couple hours during working hours or at the end of the once the kids left to catch up with some things. But I was often really tired. So again, I would just go home, rest, maybe try and socialise. But often work would spill into the weekend for me. And that's something that really does impact our wellbeing, especially if you've got family. Um, you know, I didn't, I don't have anyone here on this side of the world that lives with me it's just my cat so you know it's a bit different but if you've got young kids you know I would know teachers that would do their work um, after the children went to bed they would pick up things again you know so it does really kind of spill into other time other time in your life out with working hours so I've went round in a big roundabout tangent here but what I think would be really good for you to do is block out some non-negotiable well-being time that could be a gym class, it could be an evening where there's no devices for yourself or for other people in the family. You might choose a night where you want to do some journaling or you might choose 20 minutes a night where you want to write in your diary. Whatever works for you and you know that will really nurture your well-being and be beneficial for your own well-being. Block that time in and make it non-negotiable because Often those are the things that slip first when we've got so much to do and then you aren't able to do those things as well that are expected of you because you're starting to go down the pathway of burnout and stress and being tired. So another um, wellbeing tip I think is always useful for staff in schools and um, again this does apply to many other industries is some digital wellbeing. I had a really bad habit towards the end of last academic year um, of consistently checking emails on my phone, checking Seesaw, which is an online learning platform, and having work things on my personal devices. So basically, I was connected all the time to the thoughts around things that I had to do in work and keeping on top of things for the children via Seesaw. Um, and I just I felt constantly connected and I was like I say in a bad habit of checking them all the time Um, because initially I'd turned off the notifications thinking I'll only have them there in case I need them and then I can you know go in and check them as and when but the notifications would almost sometimes give me this like shock of anxiety and worry and be like oh gosh there's something else I need to do Um, so that's why I turned them off but it didn't really work because in the end I was constantly refreshing them and that does have a lot to do with personally like the levels of anxiety that I was kind of living with at that time but I think digital well-being really needs to be pushed higher to the top of well-being agendas you know think about removing the school apps and emails from your personal devices and if you've already done that amazing good for you Um, But then think about digital working hours then. So when will I definitely not pick up my computer? And this all has such good intention and we all think about this at the beginning of the year. But inevitably this happens because so much pressure and so many things to get done. And of course you've got to work, like I say, when works best for you. For some people it is better to leave school straight away. They've got young kids and then when the young kids go to bed, that's when they might open the computer and get on with some bits and pieces. And that might make you feel more well because you're managing to keep on top of things. But what I'm suggesting is your digital working hours then are set and you don't work over them and it shouldn't spill into that time 
that's your predicted well-being time especially but then other time where you've got to spend with family or relaxing or exercising whatever it is those things shouldn't then be put down so that you can continue to work digitally so another thing that I think is um in an organization is thinking about when digital working times are appropriate for example when we all went to online learning and it was new for everybody that connectivity just became pretty much 24 7 you know you felt I would have emails come through at 10 o'clock at night which initially would suit that person maybe because it could have been someone that had kids or it should it could have been someone that wanted to keep working into the night because they couldn't sleep whatever it was but then when that email would come through to me at 10 o'clock I'd be like oh no I need to look at this now and make sure that I've not done anything wrong or whatever it is but actually what would have been better is if that person maybe scheduled the email so that I would get it first thing in the morning and and also myself if I was doing any work at night um because at times you know you'd be studying and that would come first and then I would go on to more work things what I would do then is try and schedule the email so that if I have written it at 10 o'clock at night, but the person won't receive it until 8 o'clock the next morning. Now, I've also heard the other side of this as well. It's like, well, if you are emailing one person and you've got four different things to email them, then they will be bombarded in the morning with four emails at 8 o'clock. <laughs> but I mean, that's something that you can think about um, maybe talk with that person about when would be best for you to receive emails from me if it's someone that you communicate with quite a lot but I definitely think taking uh, all work things off your personal devices is really um, good for digital well-being overall. Now morning routine is another one. I went through a phase of looking at all these social media profiles you know youtubers people saying like hustle do this do that the most successful people in the world get up at 4am and blah 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 and it's just you know it makes you feel like oh gosh well in that case I'm not going to be successful because I can't do that or whatever so when I think about morning routine and well-being I just think about what really works for you now I really even after 12 years never got used to my 5.30 alarm in the UAE. The kids are in at 7.30, the doors open at 7.30, you do your registration. I was often in work for 6.30 or 6.45, so it's really early. So a morning routine for me was really regimented to maximise sleep as much as possible. I would allow myself to snooze three times, then I would get up and everything was like clockwork, you know, how the the routine that I would follow as in like brush teeth get ready whatever it was so I know it's difficult for people that start super early but then I would just say what about three minutes three minutes rather than picking up your phone first thing and looking at any notifications or scrolling through the daily mail or news or whatever it is that you do on your device in the morning try and take that out of your morning routine if you have it in there because you could use that time in a better way that will really benefit you, you know, overall. So, for example, a short three-minute meditation. So many of these available on like YouTube or whatever. And I do have plans to try and record some more now that I'm able to um, dedicate more time to that on my website. But a three-minute short mindful meditation, a guided meditation, or even a breathing exercise that you can follow. There's so many apps that offer these for free. And on YouTube, if you even type in like three-minute 
breathing exercise. There'll be loads to choose from. So it sets you up well for the day. So rather than, you know, scrolling through and initially if you look at the news first thing and, you know, the news can be so upsetting and depressing and, you know, you have to really protect your energy at certain times throughout the day. So when you've just woken up from sleep, you don't want to bombard yourself with anything that negative um, kind of energy or news. It's not to say to disregard that, but it's think about times that are best to, to look at those things. And also, if you're really focusing on your breath, you're consciously making a conscious decision to regulate your nervous system, setting you up well for the day ahead. So think about your morning routine, what it looks like. And I know, again, if you've got kids and you're getting yourself to one place and you're getting kids to another place, sometimes it's like chaos in the morning and, you know, you don't know how they're going to feel or you don't know how they're going to act and they might not be in the mood to get ready to go for school, to school. So you've got other things to deal with. But imagine then that you all sit and start off a really soft start, three minutes breathing exercise and then begin your day. So think about the morning routine. That's just some really small tips there for teacher wellbeing. But like I say, they can also really benefit people in other industries because most of these strategies and everything are all adaptable. So I'm glad to be able to share them with you and do get in touch with me and tell me if you've got any other teacher wellbeing tips that you know really work and would be useful to be shared um, between listeners. I'm more than happy to share them. Also, if you are in the UEE and you work within a school, do get in touch with me or have a look at the Free Spirit Collective website. There's loads of offerings for wellbeing in schools, not just for children, but for the teachers and staff as well. And the quote that I want to finish with, because you know I like to finish with a relevant quote every week, is from Barack Obama. And this just makes complete sense to me when considering teacher wellbeing and also wellbeing provision for children. And the quote is, invest in teachers and our children will succeed. And that's so relevant when you're thinking about investing in mental health and wellbeing provision for staff. Thank you so much for being here. I never actually thought I'd ever be able to pull a podcast together tech-wise. So the fact that I have and the fact that you've listened to it just means the world. Thank you so much. Do leave a review if you can. And also, I'd be so grateful if you could share with anyone that you think might be interested. Teachers, people looking for a career change or anyone that's interested in the well-being themes that we've talked about here. Thank you so much. Reach out to me on social media at Green. I'd love to talk to you and hear any thoughts, comments, to questions and visit my website mindfulnessgreen.com for loads of free resources and also if you're interested in coaching or any of the education and school programs that we've got going on at the wellbeing center do get in touch take care be well and thanks again so much